We're checking in now with a good friend of mine who farms down uh, near Como, Mississippi, Sledge Taylor, who's also married to another good friend, Denise Taylor, who I've worked with in broadcasting. And uh, good afternoon, uh, Sledge. How you doing? Oh, I'm doing wonderful. Uh, Earl, we, we missed the rain early this morning, and we're able to keep working, and uh, we've got a lot going on today. Well, I noticed you put something on Facebook yesterday of uh, what these called they're called skimmers, I guess uh, the these huge tractors with the, these huge apparatus. Uh, in fact, there were two of them, one behind another, uh, pulling. You said that was just one unit of a number you have out there. They're actually leveling your farm fields and taking dirt on the high end and spreading it down the low end. So when you irrigate, it's evenly irrigated. I don't think most people, I didn't realize that, that people did that uh, until just a few months ago, and I was talking to somebody that actually goes in surveys to help make that happen. Yeah, it's it's really amazing, Earl. Uh, in, the, uh, in the early 1980s, uh, I helped some people do a field, and you still had, in those days, you still had to send out a survey crew with, uh, with tapes and uh, tripods you know with levels sure. on them and uh and take the elevation you'd make a grid about 100 feet by 100 feet and take the elevation at every every point where they crossed and uh now it's all uh it's all done by satellite you drive across the field and yeah. the satellite senses the difference in the uh elevation elevation <laughs> and uh it all goes into a computer program and uh they they design a field uh, where you move the least amount of dirt and still get the desired does, effect you want. Does the tractor itself, the the calibration on the skimmer, is it controlled by the satellite or the software on the computer on the tractor? Well, both, and and they're called scrapers. Scrapers. But, uh, they they have what they call a base station that's set up in the field, and it kind of triangulates from the satellite to the base station back to the tractors but the tractors have this uh display in them that shows the field wow and it shows where the where it needs to be cut and where it needs to be filled but it's automatic i mean the the i'm gonna call it a computer in the tractor it, it actually activates the the scrapers behind the tractor and they either raise up or or drop down as, as needed I noticed when we went over to Arkansas to go camping over at Heber Springs this past weekend, and I noticed all the fields are plowed over there. And like the rice fields, they have those designs where it's like uh, it's like a big mole went through there, but it's, there, these mounds are just perfect. And I don't know how they come up with the design of them, but that's what rice fields, they flood. And those are little dams or dikes they build to get keep the water where it's supposed to be. Are those also controlled and designed by satellites and, and computers? They, they are. Uh, you know, once upon a time when people grew rice, they uh, they would put levees, and the levees would follow the contour of the field. And so the levees would be crooked and uh, zigzag around kind of to the contour of the field. And each levee would be, the, the succeeding set of levees would be two-tenths of a foot uh, lower than the, than the previous. But now since they've done all this computer leveling uh, or precision grading I, i'll call it uh they get it you know pretty uniform so the levees are all straight now and uh so it's, it's really amazing the uh the progress we've made and and i was thinking back i 
1982, I think I bought a TRS, it was a Radio Shack or Tandy Corporation, TRS-80 computer, which was at the time was kind of the top of the line, and I had actually two floppy disks, and, and I would put the data into the little computer and turn it on, and it would take it maybe 12 hours before the ride <laughs> a solution and then it, it, it wouldn't search for a best fit it would just arrive at a solution and if it didn't look right I, we would try another thing and it would take another 12 hours and i was sitting in the tractor with a man yesterday and uh he had his laptop in the tractor and he changed uh one parameter and and i'm, I'm telling you within about 10 seconds it had a solution so uh that's <laughs> amazing it's amazing we were we were talking about artificial intelligence yesterday, and I guess that's starting to play a, a role in farming as well. Yeah, you know, this wouldn't necessarily be artificial intelligence. I'm I'm sure it's going to play a a role, maybe in uh, identifying insects or maybe identifying weather trends. I, I don't know, but uh, this is all still kind of old school, but it is. Uh, it, it, it does arrive at a solution, you know. That's uh, but you do put parameters in. It doesn't. It doesn't seek out the parameters itself. <laughs> I know that uh, my son uh, lives down there near Hernando and is, works on a cattle ranch horse operation. And I was down there recently. They were tagging uh, calves and uh, and uh, banding them. And uh, Glenn, the guy that owns the the, the ranch, said. Yeah, people saw what it takes still to make hamburger. They would be surprised, and and I think that's also true of farming. If people knew what it takes to just to make something as simple as rice or soybeans, or, and I don't think most people even know what soybeans are for. You know, you know, when was the last time you had a good meal of soybeans? You know, and the, the truth is they're they're everywhere. <laughs> exactly. Of course, you know it's just like so many things. It's just kind of. And uh, we may have talked about this before, but, you know, two generations ago or three generations ago, almost everybody had a set of grandparents that lived on the farm. They would go visit the grandparents and they kind of knew what farming was about, but not, you know, not many people have a roots back to the farm and and it's just kind of out of. Well, and the thing is, if you don't. if, if you don't leave the city and go to the country and know anybody that's out there, you don't go there. So you, it's just out of sight, out of mind. And I know that I was with one of my photographers. We were driving down to Starkville to do a thing on feral hogs and the damage they do. And he saw his first cow, his first cow outside, I guess on television. He said, is that a cow? I said, yeah. <laughs> And yeah. you, and you, you're taken back for a second, but you think, well, this guy lived in Memphis. He lived in Atlanta, and even if you get on the interstate and you're driving at 80 miles an hour, you're looking straight ahead. You're not looking around and and see what's no, out there. True. And uh, and I think people, when they find out how sophisticated farming is, and I I marvel just the equipment that it takes to do what you do. Uh, I mean, because it's uh, it, as as high tech as it is, they didn't make it any cheaper. <laughs> no. It doesn't, but it's, uh, and thank goodness it's been a gradual change. Uh, and, you know, just like anything is gradual, you don't really notice it at the time, but you wake up one day and you say, oh my gosh, you know, this is pretty sophisticated now. Yeah, very. I mean, uh, 
if they think they can put anything over some farmers or ranchers now because they're living down in the country, they better think again. These guys are on top of things, and they have to be to be able to, to stay competitive. It's a very competitive world in farming and ranching. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think a lot of people still have the uh, impression of mom and pop kettle kind of on the farm with a few chickens <laughs> or whatever, and and that's that's uh, mom and pop kettle. I mean, not, not to say that there's still not some people that that live that way and enjoy it, and, and it's, it's a wonderful life. But farming itself is uh, bypassed all that. Did of course your family had been in it forever. You you grew up on farm. Were your grandparents and great grandparents also farmers? They they were yes. Uh, did did and, you ever you know, I, go ahead? I was going to say, did you ever consider doing anything else? I know a lot of people. Uh, my dad had a ranch. My, it was my grandfather's, and uh, you know my uh, I think my son would have loved it if he could be able to be down on ranch working. That's what he does now. Uh, I. I uh, you know, wanted to go off and do TV news and, and other things. Uh, and, but it is, it is people that own restaurants, the ones that are successful are all family run restaurants because though you got to show up. If your dad says you'd be there, you, you're going to be there. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. It, uh, you know, I did consider, uh, doing something else. Uh, I, I liked math and science. And when I went to college i started out in engineering and uh but after a couple of years i just i, I realized i missed being uh outside i wasn't as, as great of a detail person as i thought and i enjoyed just being out and uh kind of doing more of the big picture uh of everything and uh and it's you know it's a every every uh every profession has its benefits and it's and it's uh downside but it's, it's, it's been a good life and your your son just graduated from like a Ivy League school, right? Hey, he did. Uh, the, the, our, our youngest son uh, got his uh, well, he got his undergrad degree in physics at Princeton, and then he uh, he graduated. With, he got his PhD at Brown. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> so, Chip off the old so, block. <laughs> yeah, I uh, he he loves it. He loves the farm. He loves it here, but. Uh, I used to kid him. I would take him with me during the summer, and we'd be working. It would be like 100 degrees, and we'd be working on an irrigation rig that had broken down or whatever. And uh, he'd say, I don't like this. And I said, well, you better stick to your books then. And, uh, <laughs> well, so. it, as he gets older, I think he'll look back fondly on the early years sweating with Dad out there in the fields fixing the irrigation pipe. Uh, yeah. And, uh, it's always open, you know, that's the good thing about it. Uh, you never know, uh, what people end up doing. They get all the, my grandfather did. He went to, got his degree in engineering, lasted about a year and went back to the ranch. (laughs) I can't do that. Well, I think it's fascinating sledge. And I, I thank you, sir, for doing what you do. And I thank all farmers and ranchers for doing what they do because it's, uh, it's, it's absolutely vital to our nation. And, uh, I, uh, I don't think people realize how important you are, but I do. And I just want to have you come on and let people know what's going on out there. And, and we'll, we'll, we'll speak again because I think people should be educated as to what makes this world happen. Well, I appreciate your interest in farming and uh, your, your interest in what we do and your promotion of it. And uh, any time we can 
talk about farming on the radio or whatever, I'll be be happy to talk with you. Well, I may come down there sometime, bring my recorder, and we'll just go out and uh, you can uh, we'll do the interview in the field, and you can we can talk about what we're seeing and have the sounds of the birds and the tractors in the background. I think people would like that too, like uh, taking a trip and never leaving the farm, so to speak. <laughs> right. Well, if you if you got just a second, I'm here. I'm going to see if we can get the sound of a tractor. See if you can hear it. Hold on. All right. <laughs> you fired it up. We did hear it. Yeah, okay. Well, so, thank you, Sledge. You have a great day, and I really appreciate you taking the time out for us. All right, thanks, Earl. Tell Denise hi. Yes, I will. You too. All right. All right, uh, Sledge Taylor down in Como, Mississippi. Very nice man.